All right, guys, welcome back. It is episode 22, and I'm confident that I got that right. (laughs) You did. I did. Yes, I did. I'm super stoked, you guys. Her name's Liana. We're going to have her introduce herself to you, but she's a personal stylist. And um, as somebody with no fashion sense, I'm very excited about this one. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. Like you said, I'm Liana and I am a personal stylist and the owner of my business, which is called Be Brilliant Styling. I've been in the fashion industry for like 13 years, possibly longer than that by now. I went to school for psychology because I was going to work as I planned on going to law school, even though I loved fashion, but I just thought like, I need to help the save the world. So I went to GW in DC. And then after college, I worked at a law firm for a couple of years and was like, I do not like this. And I need to do something in fashion. My first job in the fashion industry was actually at Nordstrom on the sales floor. And I figured out that I could style people from head to toe, which I happen to be good at and would help me be able to do well and also be of service and help people without feeling like I was just selling them things they didn't need. And so that's how I started styling. And then I've done a lot of editorial styling and runway stuff. So I've worked backstage at New York Fashion Week and worked with brands on like on their runway shows, obviously, but also on their lookbooks. So I've worked with everybody from Calvin Klein and Tom Ford to little tiny brands that nobody's ever heard of. And in 2018, I was working with personal clients kind of intermittently, and I worked in wholesale and a lot of different things in the industry corporate. Um, And then six years ago, I started working for myself full-time doing combination of all those different kinds of styling jobs with private clients. And then in 2017, I launched Be Brilliant Styling, which is my combination of my nonprofit project, which is called the Brazen Beauty Project. I like the bees and the alliteration. And um, it's basically the Brazen Beauty Project is to empower adolescent girls and their self-image. While I was working backstage at Fashion Week, I realized like, this is a problem. Girls and women don't think they're beautiful. Even these models that are getting paid to look like they do. So I started the Brazen Beauty Project and then Be Brilliant Styling was my wanting to combine that project with my styling and focus on styling in a way that empowers women to make them feel their best. So that's me. And I probably just like talked for way too long and told you way more stuff than you wanted me to say. I love it. To be honest, I didn't really know a ton about you. Al just told me like, I met this girl and she's awesome. And she's a personal stylist. And I was like, let's do it. She looks (laughs) awesome. But I had no idea you had such an extensive background in the fashion industry. I mean, that's a really cool progression of events to me. That's like what, what finding your niche is all about. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I figured I would kind of just like answer all that stuff at once. I'm glad you were following my little uh, winding road. This is exactly what our podcast is about, is like giving a platform to badass women who are unique. It's inspiring to hear your story. Like you branched out on your own. You knew law wasn't for you. I mean, Punch is kind of going through something like this right now, where she's been a hairstylist for all these years. And she's like, this is not what I want to do anymore. And she's going out on her own and starting all these companies and just being a a, a badass. Cool. That's exciting. I definitely think there's something to be said for 
you know, taking the leap and starting your own business because it's not easy to decide to do that, especially when you're coming from an industry that like, I don't know, in the beauty industry, it's so hard. It's so saturated. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I commend you for that. I've, I've been doing that and it's, it's, I mean, I'm grateful cause I'm doing well and able to support myself, but it's not easy, you know? Yeah. I think I actually did have a pretty good sense of how challenging it would be. And that was part of why it took me a few years of just like freelancing and working for other people to actually start my business finally. (laughs) So, but it's very rewarding, um, you know, but it is challenging. So I, and I'm happy to, um, if you ever want to have a conversation about your business and that you're growing, I am happy to share all the things that I've learned the hard way along the way. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. But I want to know about all the things personal stylist. I'm curious, like, what are the first things you look at? Like when you get a new client, like what, what do you evaluate? How do you assess somebody? And like, how does that process work? How does it start? Oh, interesting. So when somebody first comes to me and says that they're interested in styling, I have them fill out a survey and that basically is to have them start to think about the questions that I'm going to be asking them and what we would be working on together. Like even just like, what are your current life transitions? What are you looking for help with? And there's like a bunch of different options. Um, Most people that come to me are looking for help because of a transition or um, because of, you know, something that they have been challenged with for a long time and they're like finally sick of, but the process, like what I do with everyone after the um, doing that, like survey. And then we talk about it. I get on a call or a zoom with them and talk about what their answers were. And they they have an opportunity to elaborate on that. And I just get to know them. I haven't really like officially announced this in my social media, but what I do, I describe as intuitive style healing. And the reason I say that is because I have worked with a lot of healers. I like a lot of that woo-woo stuff, even though in the past I was very heavy skeptical about it. We um, love it too. I love that. Oh girl, I was going to say, you just like sealed the deal. <laughs> so I, yeah. So after learning about like all of these different energy modalities, like wellness things and practicing them for myself, I would notice that my clients were saying things to me in the past, like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was going to get this from our session because my background is also in psychology. Like I'm trained in that. So when I listen to people and I have these conversations in the beginning to get to know them, it's so that then I use that information that they tell me throughout the whole process, because the way that I guide people for what they should wear is not just about what looks good or what's trendy. It's like what works for them and what's a real expression of who they are, even beyond, I think, how they might have described who they are when they first came to me. So it's up to me to really like listen for the things that they're saying, but also the things that they're not saying. I start out with everybody doing a session to get clarity on what their style is and also look at their current wardrobe to um, see what's in there and if it matches what the style that they're looking to achieve or not. So that's kind of more of like the logistical, what I actually do with people. (laughs) I love it. In my brain, I'm like, I was 
picturing like, well, now I'm picturing like a very intuitive woo witchy based what not to wear where I just like have you into my house and you're like not that yes this you (laughs) will solve your issues in that dress (laughs) oh my gosh so I mean I'm yeah (laughs) (laughs) but I keep it like low-key witchy I must have black and look like Stevie Nicks no (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I usually encourage people to wear more color (laughs) I love color I actually, I think one of my questions that I sent to you is how much color is too much color? Yes, that was one of the questions. And I'm so, your questions are fantastic. I'm so excited to get to these. I hope we can get to all of them. So I would say there's no such thing as too much color. However, there is such thing as color not done well, (laughs) or colors that are not good for you. So, and there's like the energy of color, but there's also the color that is flattering to your skin tone that makes you feel good. There's literally things like something that I look for in my clients and this applies to color, but also really just to anything. Like when somebody's asking me if they should keep something, because right now I work fully virtually. So I have clients who are sending me pictures of themselves in things that they've purchased. And they're like, what do you think of this? And then I tell them and we go back and forth. And something I look for in whether or not I tell them to keep it is the look on their face. And color, we have such a like visceral reaction to color. We respond to color. So I would say it's like, if you're wearing a lot of color and that makes you feel uncomfortable, you're going to look uncomfortable. So you shouldn't do that. You should wear the colors that make you feel amazing. And obviously there are, there's things that I would say to do to make it be like a good color combination. And there are certain color combinations that are not good, but those, those combinations are not necessarily what you would think. So we could talk all day about color, but we don't have to go there now. (laughs) I'm like, I love color. Aloe, I'm sorry, you unmuted. And I feel like I'm doing all the talking, but I'm just like, I love color. And sometimes I buy things and like, you would see me smiling from ear to ear in it. And then I go out in public in it and I'm like, oh my God, everyone's in black. (laughs) And then I get stressed out. Like everyone's in neutrals and I'm over here like, kapow, you know, (laughs) looking like I'm four. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So, okay. So if you love color and I did see you in the video earlier, so I know your complexion, I think that blondes look particularly, especially, you know, I hate to say this, but when you have like a nice complexion for color, which it looks like you do, it's great to wear color. And actually when you're fair, like you are, you can get washed out or overpowered in all black or in all neutrals can wash you out. So, but what I think is a really cool, like way to do color that almost meets that look of all neutrals is to do monochromatic outfits. So that actually means sometimes doing like all color, which is a very bold move. (laughs) Um, But when you do a monochromatic look, you can actually do like shades of the same color or color family. So for example, I think your top that you were wearing earlier was like a peachy color, is that right? It's like a mustard yellow. 
Oh, I wear a lot of mustard. I do much better with like bolder, like more, um, like fall tones in general. Like I've gotten my colors done before and I'm like right on the verge of like spring and fall. I can like do both. That's literally what I was going to say. I was like, I saw you for like two seconds, but I'm pretty sure you're warm to spring ish, but like, you can probably get away with other things too. That totally makes sense. I personally think that like, you know, you can do monochromatic with any color tone, but for some reason, I really like warm tones in monochromatics, like looks. So like, if you love mustard, you could do like a mustard top with like a chartreuse or a khaki pant. And it still feels almost like the same as if you were wearing all beige or something, but like so much better. So that's just one example of what I mean. Chartreuse, like a green or yellow chartreuse. So chartreuse is actually not the word I was looking for. Like a cognac? I'm sorry? Like a cognac? (laughs) I love that you used cognac, but no, that's not what I was actually... Oh. Actually, that would look really beautiful now that you're saying that. I was thinking of more almost like um, like a olive or okay. like a, yeah, chartreuse is like, no, disregard. I, I reject no, you're good. that word. That's not the color. Good. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, things in those in that family that are more of like a neutral variation on mustard, or you could just do another shade of yellow. Um, but that's just one example of something that I personally think that when you do a monochromatic look, especially when it's tonal and not all literally the exact same color, that it can be bold, but still feel that like mellowness that neutrals can give you. I just have a question too with color. So, okay. I want to know like what staples we should have. Like what are like five staples that you think everybody should have in their closet? Okay. So, um, I, I hate to say this. I'm going to give you an answer that you will like and an answer that you won't like. So the one that you won't like is that it's different for everyone. However, what I would say is true for everyone. And I'll give you examples of this is basics in neutral colors. So this like kind of category of clothing, and I, like I said, I'll give you some examples of what I mean, but this is something that I feel like is missing from so many people's wardrobes almost every client I work with, I tell them you need new basics and neutral colors. And that's one of the reasons why people will look in their closet and feel like they have nothing to wear. And part of the reason is because they assume they have these things. And then when they go home, they're like, either they don't actually have it or the ones they have don't fit or are not in good condition and they don't want to wear it. So some examples of this, I would say are dark denim or black denim, meaning jeans, or neutral like trousers or whatever you'd wear for work. And I would also say t-shirts. And that doesn't mean like pajamas or loungewear or whatever. I mean like layering pieces that are appropriate for your life. So if you have a more casual lifestyle, that could be a more casual t-shirt. Most people need a casual t-shirt, but then also need something that's a little bit more dressed up that they could wear for work. But you could even do like some sort of a nice jersey knit that fits like a t-shirt and you can just wear that for all different things. But another one that's super, super important is a blazer or equivalent layering piece. 
So I personally like blazers because I like the structure of the fabric. And I do find that that's flattering for a lot of people, but if that's not something you like, or it's not really your style, you could do like a denim jacket is fantastic for a layering piece that goes with everything or sweater jackets, like whatever those things they're calling now, there's a lot of different variations on them, but like a knit blazer or something. I love those. And cardigans are kind of having a moment again right now. So cardigans or sweaters, whatever you would layer and have that like third piece is just gonna be super important to feeling like you have lots of outfits and that your outfit is also complete. Does that answer your question? It does. And I'm failing because I only have blazers. Usually people are missing at least one of those. Oh, and the last one that I forgot about is accessories. Ugh, so, I suck at oh, that too. I fail at that. Accessories. Me too. Oh my God. If I had to pick like one of those things, I almost would want to say accessories. <laughs> oh shit, so man. Important. Okay. So tying this into Sam, how am I going to have accessories being a, a minimalist? <laughs> So I personally have like, I have a lot of jewelry, but I have like one little collection of jewelry that is really all I need. So if I really wanted to be a minimalist, this is what I would have. It is gold rings, which if we had the cameras on, you could see, but I love like delicate gold rings, one or two delicate gold necklaces. So they can go and be stacked to create one look, but then they can also be worn separately. So if you have let's say two gold chains that can be worn together or apart. That's actually like three or more different looks and they don't take up a lot of space. And then earrings like a gold hoop or post. If you just had those accessories and then maybe like a pair of white sneakers, a pair of flats and one cute neck scarf, like that's all the accessories you need. And you can do so many different combinations. It doesn't take up a lot of room and it's really like a pretty short list. So that's what I would say. I don't know. I think that's minimalist. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, yeah, maximal minimalist. <laughs> I want to know your thoughts because I've had, okay. So I have two questions and I don't want to forget them. So we can address one and then the other or not. So First, I want to know for like my basics, I'd like to know your thoughts on the little black dress, if everyone needs one of those, and then also your thoughts on where your favorite places are to buy basics for different body types, if that's a thing we can talk about, because, and like, and like how to look for them at the store, because I know Like I often go to Target, right? For, I'm like, oh, I'll buy a t-shirt at Target. But then I end up feeling like it's boxy and it doesn't fit me very well, but I don't want to spend two hours necessarily at Nordstrom finding an $80 t-shirt that I might get hair color on and never be able to wear again. So it's like, you know, it's a balance. So like what stores do you recommend? And then thoughts on the little black dress. Okay. So first of all, I love getting things that are like, not expensive. I don't think you have to spend a lot of money to look good. Um, I do think that quality can be important at times. And when it's like 
strategically done, but you don't have to like spend a lot of money on your wardrobe for it to be good. So I just wanted to throw that in there because you mentioned it about the budget. Like you can have great style at any budget. Um, uh, I fucking love Sheen. Let me just talk about that. I do like, too, but I kind I'm of, wearing right now is from them. Oh, <laughs> I love their stuff, but I like feel guilty because I'm pretty sure they're probably like terrible to human beings. Yeah. That's a one, that is one little thing that, you know, I, I think that H&M is actually pretty good for being socially conscious and reasonably priced. So that's just like one brand that jumps to mind. Okay. So yeah, LBD, right? Okay. 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 So does everybody need an LBD? Um, so interesting because before COVID, I probably would say yes. And I still want to say yes. However, I don't, I think that like you can have an equivalent to a little black dress. It doesn't have to be black and it doesn't have to be little. The things about that classic go-to dress that are important that I think everybody should have in their wardrobe is a dress that's versatile, makes you feel amazing and goes with a million different things. I do think that it's probably best to have like one dress that is neutral whatever your favorite neutral to wear is, it doesn't have to be black. Like I have a little white dress and um, it's actually not even little. I just have like these neutral dresses that I think that is more important than having it be black. Although if you are talking about minimalism, I think that a little black dress does work really well because having it be black makes it more versatile from day to evening. So that's like my yes and no answer for you on that. (laughs) That totally makes sense. It's like less about having the black dress as it is about having something versatile that you can dress up and dress down and like is a go-to for, for like that type of occasion dress wearing moment. Yeah. I, I just like, I think I also personally have like this resistance to agreeing with things that I feel are like outdated rules of fashion. So I always want to go against them, but then I'm like, oh, well, a black dress is really versatile and works for a lot of different events. But, you know, it's, it depends on if you um, go out in the evening and if you do, then, you know, yes, a darker color may be easier to look dressed up, but yeah. And then um, you asked me about the basics for body types. Do you want to jump over to that? Or did you have any other questions about what I just said? Yeah, that sounds good. Um, Also, I have way too many LBDs. Um, (laughs) I think I need your help. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to help you go through your LBDs and see if you need all of them or not. I mean, here's the thing though, too. Like if you love a little black dress, then I personally, this is not, obviously we're not having a minimalism conversation right now, but if you love them and you wear them a lot, then I think it actually makes sense to have a lot of them because it is so versatile. I probably could fill an entire closet with my blazers. I don't coach people to be minimalist in the true sense of that word. However, I do think that it can be really beneficial to go through and make sure that you're being intentional and mindful about the things that you choose to own. Because a lot of the times we just end up kind of accumulating things and not really giving much thought to things that we don't use as often. So um, anyway. Well, tangent. Um, if you know Punch and I, we love a tangent. It's totally yes. cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> right, I'm great. It gives it personality. Like the the combo flows. Yes. yes. We like it. Okay. Um, cool. And also, I agree with you. I love blazers. I have these beautiful blazers from Banana that I bought that, you know, Banana is not cheap, but it's not super expensive. It's like yeah. the working gal store. And I have a really pretty white one and a black one. So I feel like I'm covered. I wear them with jeans. I wear them with dress pants. And I really love them. And I kind of miss dressing up as much as I used to when I used to work it's in Manhattan. It's so casual here. I have a lot more trouble dressing in Colorado than I do when I go home. Like when I go home, I'm like, I know what to pack. I know exactly what to pack. And here everybody's like, I wore a dress that I would wear on like a regular Friday night to dinner in New York. And I wore it out here once and people were like, oh my God, you look like you're going to a wedding. And I was like, I wouldn't be caught dead wearing this at a wedding. Like what (laughs) weddings are you going to? Like, this is an upscale casual dress. (laughs) It's like, what is happening? That is so funny. That's like kind of how I felt moving to like upstate at first. I will say too. Um, a lot of times when people need help with their wardrobe is when they move, because this is the thing I'm saying about like, you know, what are the staples and must haves that everybody needs in their wardrobe? It's like, it's a little different for everybody and where you live and the culture that you live in is definitely going to be an indicator on the level of dressiness of like the things that you need in your wardrobe. So for sure. So with that, what stores are there places that you recommend for people with certain body types or certain styles that they have to go to for their basics or like a method to picking them out? Yes. This might be like so many questions in one. It kind of is, but I love it. So for basics, I'll just say a couple of things, a couple of places that I like for basics in general are, I have to say, I'm just going to start off with this one. James purse is not cheap. And I would never recommend that you wear a James purse t-shirt to do somebody's hair. But for somebody like you Paige, I would say like, if you have a more casual lifestyle, you probably need a few different kinds of t-shirts. If that's something you like to wear, if you don't wear t-shirts well, with my other businesses and stuff, I can do that. I just wouldn't wear it for hairstyling. Exactly. But- Right. Yeah, I don't even know who James Purse is. Can Me I, either. Can we, I'm like, what else? <laughs> okay. I'm so, like, I am so, this is so bad. I'm like, who? <laughs> I'm so glad I can introduce you to this. So James Purse, I, I'm so glad, but also I apologize because if you ever try one of these things on, you're never going to want another t-shirt. But um, James Purse is just this like high-end Um, They have a shop in the West Village. They're sold at like Bloomingdale's and Neiman's and like every high-end store you could ever think of. It's like the basic t-shirt of the designer world. So now for real people's lives, I usually recommend this as being like a t-shirt that you invest in that's in your nicer wardrobe that you would wear if you wanted to wear like a blazer with a t-shirt. Um, and have, and look like really chic and have it be a more dressed up look. So the t-shirts are like $80 or something around there, but they just fit so well. And they're cut 
So here's a little fashion lesson for you guys. I think it's cut on the bias, which basically means that, so when you buy clothing that's more expensive, a lot of the time, the reason that it's more expensive is that they actually cut it in a way where on the bias means they turn the fabric. If you have a square of fabric, they turn it. So instead of cutting it like um, with the grain of the fabric where it's like a rectangle and you can just get a lot of pieces out of it. They turn it so that it's like a diamond shape and they cut it out of that, which allows the fabric to have its natural give, which gives it a better fit. But the reason that that garment is going to be more expensive is because they need to use more fabric. And unfortunately there's a little more waste, but it fits you a lot better and it holds up better. So it's actually kind of more sustainable because it's going to last longer and you need less fewer of them. So, you know, on that minimalist thing we were talking about, it is good to invest in these kinds of things because they can last longer as long as you're not dyeing anybody's hair in them. Um, don't do you that. know, I'm like over here, I'm looking it up and I guarantee you, Alla was also looking at it on her phone right now as well too, or pulled it up on her computer. I know her so well. Yeah. And, and I'm also I have thinking it pulled up and I'm like, Sam is going to be so disappointed when I tell her I bought an $80 <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> well, I'm like looking at these and I'm like, okay, so what t-shirt cut looks good on somebody that's like busty uh-huh. <laughs> and I can tell you that. what, and has an hourglass figure, but like, I don't know that all of our listeners have well, that figure, but I'm going to answer but punch and I do. Question. So we, yeah, we want the answer. <laughs> so we <need> to know. <laughs> Honestly, so many people ask me about that specific body type because it is a really challenging body type to find clothes that fit off the rack, which frustrates me, but I will say one of the reasons that I love James Purse so much is because that cut on the bias does fit that body type that you're talking about way better without okay. having this like boxiness that other mass market retailers often use as a default for t-shirts. So yes, cause I feel like either things are skin tight and it's like uncomfortable or yeah. it's a box and there's like no in between. Exactly. Yeah. So James purse actually, um, they do their sizing one, two, three, four, five, which basically equates to like a zero, two, four, six, eight. They just like make up this other sizing thing that doesn't mean anything, but I do like that because it gets people out of the, um, kind of negative mindset thing that people will go into if they're like, oh my God, I'm a size, like whatever it is that they think is too big or too small or whatever their thing is. So the one, two, three, four, five is more neutral. So I also like that, but their fit is actually really good. They're hundred percent cotton. I believe for the most part, they do different blends, but they have stretch in them too. So um, not only is cutting it on the bias going to give you a better fit, but um, there's also a little bit of a stretch to them. So it does fit really nicely without being skin tight. So that's one that I would say is a good go-to. Um, I am trying to think of like, I don't know, honestly, I'm like blanking on, oh, so the only other brand that I think that really does this well is Majestic, um, but they, they are also in the same price point category as James Burr's. Okay. So, the good thing about brands like this is that you really don't need to own as many of them. And then if you have a job where you do need to get messy, you can get things at like Target, H&M. Um, H&M can have really good fits for curves, by the way, side note. Um, 
So, and yeah, they have like different cuts. So I would definitely recommend checking them out for stuff when you don't want to invest as much. They sometimes can be boxy and that's annoying and you just have to like roll with it and do a front tuck and pretend you wanted that cut, you know, and, <laughs> and that. Yeah, I, I'm just like looking at these $300 sweatpants and I'm like, are they worth it? Probably. Wait, from who? Majestic? From purse. Oh, oh. <laughs> you would have gone over to the sweatpants section. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes when I've tried on like really like luxury sweats, they're not necessarily better. They might hold up better and like pill a little less. Obviously, like my target ones are pilling in there. Oh, so- and they're dry yeah. clean only. This is a hard pass. Yeah, no, that's not any that's not good. Like I <laughs> I I will say I have a pair of leggings from Vince, which is another brand that does oh, like I like Vince. Quality. Yeah. So their leggings are amazing and they have held up really well, but you have to be careful with luxury loungewear because it can be a little hit or miss. And if you're, I would not spend $300. I don't care. Um, although I will say, look on eBay. <laughs> if you look on eBay for these designers or Poshmark, you can get them for like much more reasonably priced. And then it can be a good investment if you only need to have like one or two pairs. Ooh, pro tip. Did you guys hear that? Poshmark. Poshmark or eBay. eBay shocked me because I was like, ew, I'm not shopping for clothes on eBay. And then I looked and I got like really good stuff on there. So. Oh my God. They have a ton of Vince stuff. Yeah. Vince. Okay. This is bad. Well, you need to replace something anyway, and you're getting rid of your old stuff and you end up owning less Then I think maybe it could be okay. But anyway, sorry. I know. I apologize. No, I think. No, you're good. I love this. I'm like, the people want to know. They need to know. Yeah. 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 So if you're, if you're in the market, then having those brands at hand as a resource, I think is really helpful because like you said, it is overwhelming and it's really frustrating when you're trying to shop for that body type. It just feels like nothing is cut for you. So yeah. Are there any other stores that you'd say like in the Nordstrom rack kind of realm of pricing where it kind of is like, you maybe like more around the $40 range for Mm -hmm. some of these staples. Like, are there any go-tos for you? Like if somebody's like, it's really not in my budget, where should I go? Yes, actually. Oh my gosh. I just remember this brand that I just recently found out about that is amazing. It's called Able, A-B-L-E. It's women owned. They are sourced sustainably, You can feel good about supporting the company. Their prices, I think, are really reasonable for the quality. And actually, a client of mine just got one of their t-shirts, and she's busty and has, like, trouble fitting tops from most normal brands, and it looks amazing on her. It's not sheer. The quality of the knit is good. So Able is one that I would definitely recommend. Um, I'm looking at it right now, you guys. And I'm like, some of this stuff is things I'd wear. Some of it's not, but the prices seem very reasonable for the type of clothing that I'm seeing on here, which makes me excited. Yeah, totally. Another brand that I just recently heard about is it's called Saint and Sophia and it's S-O-F-I-A, like Frank, not the normal way you'd spell it. They have really good, like basic staple pieces to build your wardrobe. And again, I have, I heard of this from a friend of mine and I've seen pictures of it 
on her. The stuff is like, has a nice stretch to it. It's all neutral colors, but it's just good. Like trousers that are comfortable for work from home, but you can wear to the office too. And I know they have some good basic tops that kind of like could be a step up from a t-shirt and their prices are really good on some of their stuff. Another brand that I would say is a go-to in recent years for basics. I've really liked, um, club Monaco. They actually, I forgot okay. too. club Monaco has really, really good knits. And I've had one t-shirt I bought from them. I've had for like probably more than 10 years now, and it still looks good. <laughs> You are making me miss New York because there's one on the corner of 17th street and fifth Ave. I know. Um, Actually, no, it's on 21st and fifth. I used to go in there frequently. Um, It was okay. Really not a good idea because Zara's right there. They're on like 19th. I was going to say Zara's. Um, Lululemon's on 17th and fifth. Like it's bad. It is a bad place to have clients. (laughs) You just reminded me that anthropology is another one of my favorite places to find t-shirts, but also just really like anything. I love their knits, especially. Um, and for Paige, you were saying for like busty and curvy hourglass, um, Mm -hmm. anthropology, I, oh my gosh, I love the cut on their stuff. Sometimes it can be boxy. I was going to say most of the things I've ever gotten from there were pretty boxy. They do do the boxy thing sometimes. I personally think that like, even with their boxy stuff, it's just cut a little bit better for that price point that their t-shirts and tops tend to be. Um, And they also have fantastic sales. So I would say with Anthro, um, keep an eye out for sales because I feel like their stuff goes on sale all the time. And then, um, oh, and then the other thing I like about Anthropology is they have petites and plus size now. So I like them for that too, just because diversity in sizing is hard to find. Um, especially for petites, I think, but plus also, yeah, I like always go to the loft. I was going to say loft too. Yeah. They're great for petites. If you need that, a lot of times people don't realize how important it is to get, if you're a petite or not, and sometimes you only need it in a top or the bottom and not both. So people will be like, I'm five, four, I don't need petite. And it's like, well, yeah, except that you're short-waisted, which means your torso is proportionally shorter than your legs. So you actually are better off with a petite top and a regular bottom or, oh, Banana Republic also sometimes has really, really, really surprisingly good knit t-shirt oh yeah Um, (laughs) and for curves too like I love their pants for curvy like for if you have a smaller um waist to hip ratio which I do so it's really hard for me to find pants and Banana Republic tends to be good if you need like that trouser kind of I agree with you I just have to I just have to give Banana Republic praise right now like I love their stuff. Like I'm kind of the opposite of punch, like punch's closet is like all these vibrant colors. And then you look at my closet and it's all like neutrals and like whites and blacks. I mean, I do have a lot of pink. I love pink. I love red, burnt oranges, but I buy like, I would say I will usually invest in banana Republic because I feel that if you get, if you have their card a, and then you utilize the sales, you can get like you know, those blazers I was referring to before, I think each one of them were, I think they were like 225 a pop. I ended up getting them for like 70 bucks a piece. Yeah. Their sales are amazing. And with the card too. Yeah. 
I'm like listening to you and I'm like exhausted already. I'm like, I'm not a sales shopper. I'm like, I'd rather spend the $300 because (laughs) thinking about finding the sale gives me so much anxiety. I, I, I advise people to shop for the things that they need over and above finding it on sale. So I think there's nothing wrong with that. I, if you like to shop, like I am shopping for clients and I like to get a good deal, but I would say like, I have definitely had to stop myself and be like, stop shopping on sale because it's making you buy more stuff. And that is not the point. And like, sometimes I'll actually buy things full price just for the purpose of not overwhelming myself and owning fewer things that fit me better. Um, so anyway, but it's great when you can get things on sale that you wanted at full price. I was going to say, let me, let me be clear. I, um, that's not how I shop typically, but like no. things like that. Oh, okay. Okay. Punch. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I love um, a sale, but I know like our friend Kat, she's such a thrift shopper. Kat also has a body type where like a lot of things can look good on her because she's like tall and lean. And um, I feel like when I go thrift shopping, it's like nothing fits me right. Most of the time I get like one thing and then I'm like, I just spent three hours doing this. I don't know how, maybe you've had different experiences, but I'm like, I feel like I spent so much time and I got like nothing that I love, you know? Yeah. It depends also if you're doing consignment or true vintage, but if you're doing true vintage, like it's 30 years or older, or it's like from the seventies, the further back you go, the harder it is to find things that fit if you're curvy. Oh yeah back in like the we didn't exist right I'm like well, I'm like what into this this is literally for like a child like my five-year-old <laughs> is bigger than this little dress that's supposed to be for an adult woman like what I can't find anything in vintage either so it's very rare <laughs> but so um, I'm with that I'm curious one of the questions I sent you and I I, I really want to get a stylist perspective on it so I said wear what you want or dress for your body type. And what, what is the line? Because I know this is kind of like a hot topic and I'm actually like opinionated about it. And I keep that opinion to myself a lot of the time, but I'm just like curious from somebody that styles people, like what are your thoughts on that concept? That is so, I love that you included that question and I'm glad that we're getting to it. I'm really glad that you asked this question. And yes, it is very, I think, controversial. I think that the way that I like advise people to dress is to dress in a way that is flattering and shows themselves in the best possible way, but that doesn't mean covering up your body. It means dressing in a way that is flattering, that makes you feel good. And the other thing about this is that it's like, I think it's important to dress in a way that is empowering and also lets people focus on you and what you're saying and not have them be distracted by what's going on in your outfit. So I think that I feel like people are going to be mad at me for saying this, but I basically think that if you want to show off your body and you're comfortable with that and you're really confident and like want to do that, great. 
And I think that there's a time and place for that. And if you're in a professional environment, I don't think that's the place to do that. But if you're going out and like want to make a bold statement and you feel confident showing some skin, then do it. You don't have to worry about like, you know, oh, I'm this size, so I shouldn't show skin. Now, I do think that regardless of what size you are or what your body type is, that you can show skin in a way that is still flattering. And I think that there is a way to show skin that is unflattering. And I know that some people will hear me talk about like figure flattery and think that I'm saying cover up or something like that, or that there's something wrong with somebody's body. And I just want to say that is not what that means to me at all. Um, you can show skin and have it be distracting and not chic at any size. I see girls who are like, you know, literally like no fat on their body and they're wearing things that are completely unflattering or showing a lot of skin in a way that is like, I personally, well, I feel like at a certain point it becomes like skimpy or trashy, no matter what body type you have. Exactly. And that's where I think it's like really important to make that distinction too, because when we're talking about figure flattery, we're not talking about like, oh, trying to say that, like, if you're larger or a certain body type that you need to cover up, that's not what that means. So yes, I think that being dressing in a way that is like skimpy, there's a way to wear skimpy and that looks really good and like chic and flattering. And there's a way to do it that like, doesn't. (laughs) That's how I would, that's what I think about. I actually really like that perspective. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it. And I'm like, I would never be like, you know, once you weigh X number of pounds, you can't wear tank tops or belly shirts, but I'm like, but there are things (laughs) that just, you know, no matter what size you are, that just don't look good on people. And it's like, why? <laughs> I don't right. know. Exactly. And that, that reaction, like that, why that you just said, like, that's the distraction part that I mean. So I personally think going into the psychology th- piece of this, that when people dress that way, it could just be that they don't realize that it doesn't look good. But my theory about that is you're diminishing yourself without realizing it. And that is like to me, it's like, I want people to be stepping into their full power and wearing something that is distracting from who they are, what they're saying, having people focus on the clothing and like how shocking it is or whatever it might be. Those are signs of a lack of confidence. And sometimes when people wear things that are skimpy, that's an example of that, where they like think that they're wearing it because they're being confident by showing their body. For example, if you're talking about a skimpy thing, um, or it could also look like something that's really over the top and people are like, I'm so confident. Look at how confident I am. Cause I'm wearing this thing. That's so over the top. When you do it from that place, that's like, you know, trying to prove that you're confident. I think that sometimes that's when it goes wrong, but what were you going to say? Sorry. (laughs) Well, I was like, that kind of answers or like starts to segue into another question I wanted to ask you, which is like, is it extra and fun or is it obnoxious? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I think that what I just said is one answer to that is that it depends on, um, it depends on the, you know, the fashion stylist answer to that is it really depends on where you're going and who you're with and like the setting, but it also depends on 
the psychological space that you're doing it from. So is it something that's really like you or is it something that is trying to have people think something about you, which is often like an overcorrection or compensating for some lack that you have in yourself. That's something that I try to have people kind of see and integrate and then refocus that energy in a way that's really authentic to them and isn't trying Mm -hmm. to make up for something. But I would also say like an actual example of when it's like a statement and when it's like when it's extra and fabulous and when it's um, obnoxious. An example I thought of is last summer we were at a winery and I saw this group of young ladies and like they were just, there were some girls that were wearing like very blingy stuff in the middle of the day in like a very casual setting. So I personally love bling, love, and I will wear it during the day and have no problem with that. But it's like, if you're wearing a stiletto heel with grommets and a jacket with like shoulder pads and like studs all over it and earrings and makeup that looks like you're going to a photo shoot, that's a little inappropriate for this setting. And I don't mean inappropriate in a way of like, you know, wagging my finger like an old lady. I mean, it's like out of place. You should be like walking down the street in Manhattan. You should not be at a country winery in that outfit. Exactly. So <laughs> like, I don't have style, but like, I at least know that. <laughs> right. It just feels out of place. That's like, I think what I, I feel like 50% of the time that's me, but it's like not <laughs> me trying to be out of place. I'm just like, oh, I'm dressed up. And then I get there and I'm like, and I am too dressed up. <laughs> right. Wait, <laughs> can yeah. we consult you on pages? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Okay. Before we get to that, because we'll turn on the video and then we'll share, we'll share a okay. story. Oh, and we post the thing and I do want your two cents but on the topic of shoes aloe <laughs> um i would like you to um, riddle me this so i have trouble when it comes to deciding what shoes to buy because i like things that are really fun i feel like i don't have a lot of neutral shoes because whenever oh. i go to like look at black shoes or something i always end up being like i need a black booty i wish i had a black booty yes. and then <laughs> i don't like how they look on or i feel like they're too plain but i love them when i see okay. them on other people and i can literally go look at the same one at target that my friend has and be like, I don't think I like it now. Uh huh. Okay. So I think I get it. So I think what you're asking is like, when you buy shoes, you often feel like, tell me if this is right. Like you don't have the neutral shoe that will just go with everything because when you see it in the store, it looks boring. But then when you look at your collection at home, everything has like bling or some sort of embellishment. And then you like, feel like you don't have anything to wear. Yes. Okay. It's so funny because I think the main reason I figured out that that was your question is because I have had that happen to me (laughs) and I had to learn what to do about that. So what I would say is sometimes when you have, uh, when your style, and by the way, I love grommets and shoulder pads and heeled boots and all the things that I talked about the people like wearing, I don't even think I saw that exact outfit at the winery. I was just using that as an example, but the things that I thought were out of place at the winery, and there are ways to do that and wear it to like a daytime casual thing and not be out of place by like just toning everything else down and just picking one of those things. 
So definitely like do you and be yourself and you can make it appropriate to the situation and not feel so out of place by making everything else really like grounded in where you are and that casual vibe and the example that I gave. Now, back to what you were saying, if you're somebody that loves metallic and over the top and all this stuff, sometimes, yeah, you're going to feel like, okay, I need my meat and potatoes stuff, like the basics and the neutrals and stuff I was talking about before. So sometimes those things are going to feel boring and you're not going to want to buy them. And you just have to look at the things in your wardrobe that have a lot of that embellishment and stuff. And like, don't go with the embellished accessories that you have and say, what would look really good with this? And then look back at those plain things that you thought were boring. And those are boring things are probably going to be the things that are going to look the best with the stuff that you already own that has embellishment. Because that's one of the reasons why people say, I have a closet full of clothes and nothing to wear. Because this is another reason why they don't buy those neutral basic pieces because they feel boring. So they don't want, it's not exciting to buy that in the store. It's like, why would I buy this? I don't like it. But when you look at it in the context of your whole wardrobe, and say, I have a lot of things that have grommets on them. And I keep ending up with these outfits that are like full metallic from head to toe. And I don't want that. Well, guess what? Then you need the boring black, you know, boots. And then it's not going to feel boring when you pair it with the other stuff you have that has embellishment. I'm straight up laying out one of each shoe that I have that I like to wear on my bed so that I can show you. And Aloe had a oh my question, <laughs> controversy about one of them. And I don't care. I want oh to see God. this. I'm so excited to see this. Paige, now. turn on your camera. I'm dead. I'm we like, also need Liana to turn on her camera because I need to see we her We have reactions. to see her face. I, I literally went to the store last year. You're going to die. I went to the store last year to buy myself a cute black booty. These are the shoes. I bought three pairs of shoes that trip. This is what I ended up with. I got a snake boot. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> a aubergine platform oh. boot, which I've worn Ooh. one time because they're like a little more gothic than what I would like. Okay. Uh, and then I bought this, which I haven't worn once. <laughs> those are so cute. Those oh are so God. cute. All but I don't know how to wear them. Okay. So these are the shoes that I None have. of them are black boots though. <laughs> no, none of them. So like all really, so these are the ones that Aloe wants me to talk to you about. I yes, literally saw those before you even picked them up and was like, what are those boots with the platform? They're Jeffrey Campbell's. Oh my gosh, I love Jeffrey Campbell. Me too. So are these, but my boyfriend says these make me look like a stripper. Okay, wait, I have to interrupt you. I just figured out why you don't like the black basic shoe. Why? And this is something that I want everybody listening to this to hear too. So if you like the style that you have, which is like you love the -the over-the-top statement, cool, edgy, all that stuff you your basic neutral is not those black pumps your basic neutral is going to be something that has like some little twist to it something that has like that is interesting while still being neutral and going with everything in your wardrobe because it literally would make no sense for you to wear a pair of shoes that's that basic because that shoe is like a classic, traditional, quiet basic. They make basic black shoes that have like 
a little bit more like those Alexander Wang boots that were everywhere with a little metallic. I don't know what that is, but you're going to have to tell me, show me. Okay. Oh my God. I love more. them. Yeah. yeah. She gets so, me. There's like There's a road dollars. I don't, yeah, I don't care. But they, but they make, so like Zara made a, a knockoff of these that I got for like $50. Zara is oh, nice. amazing at doing like knockoffs of stuff like this, like designer stuff. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is everybody listening to this should join my fall in love with your body through style Facebook group. I'm going to do it right now. Changing, but join it. And this Friday, I don't know when you're going to post this podcast, but this Friday I'm doing a Facebook live. And we literally are talking about this exact topic, which is being your own best cheerleader, but also how to identify and eliminate the negative voices and mean girls in your head. Here's one that you may not realize is happening that I think happens with a lot of curvy ladies, classic traditional styles tend to be cut for straighter body types. So that has nothing to do with your size. It just literally means talking about the difference between your waist size and your hip size. And if you're more of an hourglass shape or you have more of a chest, those styles are not going to fit you as well because their fit models are not shaped like you. So it, as I always like to say to people, it's not you, it's the clothes. This was such a fun conversation. Clearly I yeah. could talk about this stuff all day. <laughs> well, is there, is yeah. there anything you think the peeps need to know? Like stuff that are like, go, like, is there anything go to? Before we do like our witchy woman woo woo card poll. I want everybody to know on May 18th is the first in a series of workshops that I'm going to be doing. Um, and once a week I go live in Facebook, in my Facebook group, doing a free mini workshop. So those are always announced on my Instagram, which is Be Brilliant Styling. Um, and my website is also BeBrilliantStyling.com. So those are the two best places for people to find me. Um, this is awesome. Yeah, all the tips. I do, I do style tips every Tuesday on um, Instagram and usually more than that. And then the once a week mini workshop on Facebook. So, yeah. I love, I love that. It. Me too. Okay. So you pull your card because I love myself is the name of the deck. So should I read mine? I love that you have a card to pull. Like that's so fun. Yay. Okay. So I'll read mine. It's, um, the gift of time I devote. Oh my gosh. This is so perfect. I devote time to myself. I focus on who I am becoming. I ensure my actions are in tune with my desires Every day I make wise choices that lead to wonderful tomorrows. And the reason I love this so much is because devoting time to myself is that's so often something that my clients say they don't do. And working with me is like them drawing a line in the sand and saying, no more. I am prioritizing myself and my wellness and feeling good about myself. So Yay. Yeah. And I love that it talks about aligning with your values. Okay. So I'm using my archetypes deck by Kim Kranz. And so this card is called the bridge. Oop. That's so such a bridge. pretty card. I know. Yeah, beautiful. It, I love these cards. The connection, the link, the gate. 
Bridges are built to connect two worlds. They create flow, allowing us to travel between realms, ideologies, and personalities. This archetype is the gesture of acceptance, of saying yes, rather than withdrawing, separating, and saying no. When we cross a bridge to an unknown land, we are led magically into a new reality. We open up to otherness. Healing and communication are made possible. We enter a state of curiosity, wonder, and learning. The shaman, for example, creates the bridge between the everyday world and the sacred. This card asks us to study the connections between the seemingly disconnected parts of our life, relationships, ideologies, histories. Remember that a bridge can't be forced. It must be made with love or its structure will not withstand the inevitable weather of life. This was so awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I had so much fun talking to you guys. Thank you so much. I can't wait to check out all the other episodes of your podcast, especially now that you all cards and all this stuff. It's so great. Well, we usually ask if you enjoy it to rate, review, subscribe, and share. I oh, did I Punch's job for her today. I just yes, said it. Yes, thank you. I usually do it. I forgot. I wasn't going to remember. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Leanne. Thank it was so you. great having you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. 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 All right, She's you guys. So that was Leanna. I'm obsessed with her. I need to have her tell me how to do all the things because apparently I have negative self-talk. Shocker. Who didn't know? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I need to start reflecting positivity in my clouds. So, oh God, I know. So, thank you, Liana. We spent money during this episode, and you're amazing. (laughs) I didn't. Allo did, but I will be spending money. Go team. I know. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys.